Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the uh, H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by the comedian uh, Rod Gilbert. On yeah, a really interesting. serious subject, yeah. but was uh, very interesting. We squeezed in a bit of sport, as you'll discover. Uh, Danny Kelly joined us. He's been bringing us the best of the My Sporting Life archive. Bruce uh, Grobelar this time. And very it, yeah, interesting. Fascinating life he's had, isn't it? Tony Cascarino uh, popped up as well to uh, look back on the, the Chelsea's first game under Thomas Tuchel. Let's just say he wasn't massively impressed. <laughs> No, uh, Tony really. really did go for it. Very interesting stuff. Uh, we found out a bit more about uh, Max's uh, magic toolbox, well, which could be... Yeah, your, it's not a euphemism. No, that's it. <laughs> um, and we had a birthday spread. What a game it was. It was, it was oh, sensational. Uh, here it all is. Jackie Elmer, it's great to see Jackie. You know, it gives hope to us all, doesn't it? <laughs> Speaking of old people. You know, now, now they've started writing... Phil Jagielka is 38 years and 163 days. There's an age yeah. of football you get to where suddenly... The days the, matter. The, the days <laughs> matter. Um, so I did some research, Paul. Uh, would you like to Did know? you, right? You, you are... Blimey, that's good. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, no, I've got to be fair. You showed me your setup for the games. I... I've decided that I'll only focus on one game and I'll have to, the rest of them I just have to catch up on highlights. Yeah. And so I did see a fairly turgid affair between Chelsea and Wolves through the bitter end. And then, actually, I did change. I, I, I did flick from the Everton-Leicester game when Sheffield United scored and kind of stuck with that. No, yes, and I did, I did. Uh, I think I did. You have like you know, three different, well, well, you, you I, had the Leicester game, the, the, the sort of, uh, the bit in the middle, didn't you? The well, palate cleanser. Well, no, yeah, yeah, the, the, the sorbet, Brighton yeah, Fulham. Fulham, Brighton Fulham, um, sorry, yes. yeah, Well, that was annoying because at least in a, with the six o'clock and the 8.15s, you get half an hour just to yourself. Yeah. Where you can just, you can take stock. But yeah, I'd go main game on the telly. So I went Chelsea on the telly, yep. Burnley on the laptop. And then at one point I had to have, that time my phone I couldn't even like text but people. you end up not watching any of them I'd, so I have no insight in any of the games but um, Jagielka 38 years 163 days mm. Paul you are uh, 59 years 119 days um, you were born on a Sunday uh, you've been alive for 21,669 days have I really oh, that, I don't know if that's a good thing what was your favourite day of those 20 um, could you give us a rundown of again, that 21,669 come on let's have your top 10 days of your life oh eight seven yeah we won't, we won't bother with that I got a great message about Sheffield United's kit um, from someone called Finton. So it's not often an away kit. It's mm. a combination of the colours of their home kit. Like they got a fresh home kit and they bunged it straight in the wash. Yeah. And the red went into the white and made <laughs> this does. perfect pink. That was they? brought in a bin bag, wasn't it? That was definitely <laughs> really came in was, a big black bin it? bag. And we've had great tales over the years. I mean, has this happened to you? Have you the, peop- the person in charge of washing the kit 
who then forgets that moment when they open their boot to chuck their boots in, which they haven't opened since last Sunday. Yeah. And then there's this sort of... St- they wondered why the back window had started to steam up. <laughs> yeah. And then they realised that they've not actually taken the kit out and everybody's going to have to put on stinking wet kit again. Yeah, or a long, you know, or a long trip, a long trip to, like, West Wickham. And you've and someone's put it in the tumble dryer, and, oh, it's, yeah. and it's all shrunk. <laughs> and you're in like you're looking. You all look like you're in those Arsenal kits that are just yeah. really tight. <laughs> um, what did you think of the Chelsea game? Uh, well, it wasn't wasn't one for the neutrals. I was uh, keeping in touch with Andy throughout the game and sort of seeing it through his slightly more biased eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, as I said to him at the end, you know, you you should have won it, but you could have lost it. I mean, the, the great Neto chance probably was the best chance of the game. It, it wasn't great to watch, wasn't it? It's very early days. You can't do you, do you judge think, a manager on that. Really. Do you think Tuchel needs more time? Think? I think he does. Yeah, I think maybe. it would be wrong to start calling for his head. Although there was that call of Darren Lewis from the Mirror <laughs> alerted us to somebody who phoned Adrian once he'd seen the uh, before the, kickoff. Before kickoff, when he'd seen, he said, "I want him gone now." I've seen, I've seen his first eleven. I want him out. It was great. Um, wasn't I it? like the uh, you know that he's the second coming of the child catcher from Titty Titty Bang Titty Titty Bang Bang, isn't he? Hates young people. Barney Warren. Made it, Barney Ronnie made a good point. You know that Havertz and Pulisic are younger yeah. than Mount and Abram. Foreigners can be young too. They can you know, be, of course possible. they can. Yeah. Um, and I also really like everyone being, you know, everyone saying like he only arrived in London yesterday and he's fluent in English as if he hadn't spoken a word of English until yesterday. <laughs> if that's the case, fair play, the guy's a genius. But I, I don't know if you've ever been to Germany. It's a lovely yeah, place. Yeah, very nice. Like, yeah. The, the, they learn quite a lot of English. They're they do, yeah. yeah. They're pretty proficient anyway. all round, aren't they? But um, he, he was great to watch on the touchline, wasn't he? He kind he of lived best. it always. Yes. When you look at some of the stills, I mean, that one looks like Freddie Mercury on stage at Live Aid. With the, old, <laughs> the head back, he's doing the Dales. Yeah, it's... Um, but no, he look, he's very animated and he's, he's very much into it. He did say something a bit weird, didn't he? He said the thing that... One of the things that pleased him most was the 16 recoveries. Mm. I think and I wondered supporters... some of the boys who sort of drink in the pub over the road, some of the old shed lads... <laughs> Whether they stand there saying, oh, he's going to be great. Look at the amount of recoveries we did, boys. He said, I think the supporters would have liked what they saw. Hmm. 16 recoveries in the last third is proof of energy on the pitch. Yeah. And I'm happy to take that sentence completely out. It was within the, a larger context. But if, if you were playing, if you were, if, you, if your manager at Polytechnic, uh, where you play on a Saturday afternoon, t- started talking to you about, he was incredibly impressed with the, the teams you came in. You'd lost, you've lost 4 0, <laughs> but 16 recoveries. I mean, you'd be going, hey, eh? what are you talking about? about yeah I, I've, I've put this out we'd like to hear those 81089 on the text at max rushton at tsh and j you know when either it's the question is either you know moments where your managers made you go you what yeah or silver linings managers have tried to put upon not really the greatest things i, I mean l says like, our assistant manager likes to bellow protect your spaces i haven't got a clue he <laughs> says um uh this is a good one of the lads i imagine stuff that gets shouted from a touchline saturday afternoon sunday mornings in the lower reach there is probably some real rot that doesn't stand any you just let the manager shout it you just let you think let's not ask him what it means because you know none of us care we don't <laughs> react to it so just just let him keep shouting it makes him feel like he's jose Mourinho. i've had managers say look we're doing the high press today you look around going i'm not sure we are mate uh, jack says i remember getting trounced 8-1 in penrith but the gaffer being buzzing because we could go back up the m6 to carlisle and call it the burger king at southwaite services <laughs> <laughs> that's nice isn't it yes um so yeah if you could keep those some silver things. linings and some of those things the old gaffer said to you you went a oh, this, is, this is nice from paul we were 2-1 up at half time the manager turned to one of the subs and said, you'll have to take the team talk. I've been busy catching up with Carol. We haven't seen each other for 20 years and her boy's playing for the opposition. 
that's yeah. a nice one, isn't it? <laughs> now, I noticed the other day when you came in, Max, you'd cut your own hair. We didn't talk about this yesterday. No. And, uh, well, I, I guess you had because you'd had a haircut and mm. I knew you wouldn't flout the, uh, the rules like the rules. that. So you would have done it yourself, which is bold um, because it's not an easy... Is it the first time you've ever cut your hair? It's not. You've got clippers at home, have you? Uh, I, I invested in some clippers. OK. You know, what, um, for lockdown purposes, for, so you well, could do it yourself? Well, I just looked and I thought, I, I need a haircut, yeah. you know? Um, I think the boss here said I look like a mad professor. So I think <laughs> I've said already, there's a moment in your life where if you, that you were to be cast in Back to the Future, the movie, Mm. You'd be cast as the doc, and it's a that's a sad time for yeah. you. You know, I'm not going to be Marty McFly anymore. Your hair's quite curly, so it, it, is, would yeah. it, start, it starts to grow up, it doesn't starts, it? It, it goes hair up, that needs to be cut quite yeah, short, up yeah. and out. And there was a real... I, look, I could see when you I could see there was there was a, a bit of a kind of homemade look about it. I mean, I'd, if you paid fifty quid in Soho for it, I'd be I'd be telling you to go back and complain. But it's good. It's, it's there not, or thereabouts yeah. at the end of the day. It's a very nerve wracking moment where it was very long on the sides and yeah. quite short on the top. And mm. the looked like a sort of imagine how if Friar Tuck had always had that haircut and he'd had <laughs> hair on the top and more hair on the side yeah I was quite worried I'd have to call in sick because it just looked so <laughs> terrible in sick. I kept having a go at it and the issue is it's you know once yeah. it's you can't put it back on you can't stick it back on again no, you uh, can't. Well, that's very true. So, if you look, if maybe you've tried the same thing with less success. I don't know. I mean, Max is. I, I give Max a solid seven out of ten for his effort. But if yours is more in the more in the three and fours, and it's been noticed by the family, uh, but it's quite a bold thing to do, cutting your own hair. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on Talk Sport. Well, we know uh, Rod Gilbert for all sorts of funny stuff on TV and in stand-up, but uh, altogether more serious subject of uh, male infertility. He's been covering in a new documentary, Rod Gilbert's stand-up to infertility, and uh, chat about that more. Rod joins us. Good afternoon, Rod. Good afternoon, how are you? Yeah, good, good yeah, it's been you. a while. Nice to talk to you again. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a taboo subject amongst men. I suppose that's why... You wanted to take it on, and was this? Did this come through sort of personal experience? Yes, yeah, it did really. Um, basically, I've been sort of in and out of fertility treatment for some time with uh, my wife, Sean, and um, I just a couple of things. I, I read a couple of things that really surprised me about it, and but also I, I found I found myself when we were there in any fertility treatment environment, whether we were having blood tests or talking to um, the doctors or what, whatever situation we were in, I always found that it was my wife that was the point of contact, the one who, I, I was always sat on the outside, you know, in like a best supporting actor role, <laughs> uh, as I describe it, and, and, and she was the one doing all the talking, and even though we both had issues, and, and I, I just found myself thinking, why aren't, I, why, why aren't I asking more questions? Why aren't I, why don't I feel comfortable um, you know, being more engaged in this and more involved. Why, why, why do I seem to be happy to be sort of sitting here, letting my wife do all the hard work? Sort of, and, and I just thought, I wonder if I'm the only one who does this, or is this a bloke thing? Um, and it's not every man by any means, but but I started looking into it and found that, yeah, men, we we don't really want to talk about this. We don't really we don't engage with it perhaps as much as, as we should. And if we do want to talk about it, there isn't really anywhere to go. Mm. Uh, um, before we talk, we're going, so, to play, we're going to play a clip, Rod. We're going to play a little clip from the documentary, which I think kind of illustrates just what you were talking about there. Let's, let's give you a flavour of it. So 99% of the people who come to you are women, yeah. even though male infertility is 50% of the time it's a factor, if not the sole factor. Yeah. 
It's mind-blowing. So men account for roughly half of all difficulties to conceive. But if, for various reasons, the fertility industry concerns itself less with men, and men themselves are often happier lurking in the background, keeping mum, are anyone's best interests being served? It's interesting, Rod. You, you, I was reading one of the interviews you did where you sort of say that you can see during the documentary that that you're not sure if this is, you know, you want to be doing this. You know, do you, do you want to be the, the face of, of infertility? And I think it's really interesting because you'll obviously be talking to lots of radio stations and TV channels about this, but, you know, at TalkSport, there are lots of men who don't, who, who will suffer in silence and all sorts of things and won't want to talk about things that are very di- very difficult to talk about. And I don't know, I don't know how, I, I, presumably by doing this, you, you the aim is to encourage men to be open about these sort of things. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. That That is the aim of this documentary is to try and get, men to, to open up and talk about it a bit more but that's hard you know I mean I, I've talked about it on stage now while I was doing the documentary I've talked about it in the documentary I'm talking to you guys about it I've done other like as you said TV and radio but as a person in without the cameras and without the radio mic and, with, and without the state I haven't spoken about this hmm. to nobody no friends no family nobody ever and 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 I'm not alone that's a lot of men are like that and and you know, I'm the target audience for this documentary. I've got to overcome the taboo and the stigma and the embarrassment and the shame and the feelings of emasculation. I have to overcome all that. And I'm trying to do it with other men, I guess. I want other men to join me in trying to do that. So mm. once once the world opens up again, I'm going to try and pick up the campaign, the Him Fertility campaign that we launched in this documentary, try and pick that up and run with it a bit, you know, and, and, and meet other men and get groups talking together, um, you know, and... Uh, try and work with other charities to, 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 to see what they can bring to the table as well. Uh, it's interesting that when you reached out to people via social media to set up a kind of support group, you didn't get a yeah. massive take-up, and which kind of <laughs> backs up. I think you said seven, seven people replied, and you all met yeah. in a pub, obviously before the yeah. virus. Yes, this is all be- everything before the virus, all of this. So, so I, I, I realised I wasn't talking about it. I thought I'm probably not alone. So I went online to see if there were support groups and places for, for us to talk. And, and there were many, 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 many support groups, but all really for either for women or for couples. And speaking to people in those couple support groups, they were largely women. And the men, if they were there at all, they were sort of often there in a kind of supporting their partner role, mm. sort of still sort of hanging around in the, but they might be sitting at the back of the hall while the, everybody else, while the women sat in a circle at the front, you know? So, um, I, so I went online looking for, looking for male groups. None. I, I didn't find anything, nothing at all. There, there, there may, there may be some in the world. Um, and I don't want to diminish what any, anybody else has achieved around the world. There may well be groups, but I didn't find any. So I put a shout out on social media Global shout out for anybody that wanted to meet me for an open uh, sort of discussion about this from somebody who knows who's, who's going through it. And yeah, seven people replied, seven men. And we all met up in a pub in Cardiff. And it's uh, <laughs> in the documentary we had uh, possibly, I don't know, I don't want to get possibly the world's first group of men <laughs> talking about sperm counts and and, and uh, fertility and stuff in a, in a pub in Cardiff. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It was fabulous. Yeah. You know, and, we, 
we've all got a huge amount out of it. Sure. Uh, there's a, a first text come in saying, 100% a bloke thing, Rod, I'm going through exactly the same thing. I'm experiencing the very same feelings you're describing. It's excellent you're bringing a, a light to this. And I suppose it's a wider question about you know, masculinity and, you know, medical problems are medical problems, right? Something can affect you there or somewhere else. And, and for some reason, we, you know, it's sort of a wider thing about alpha male masculinity and, and, and you know, why, why would this problem make us feel, like you say, emasculated or, or, you know, just have a sense of shame where having something else, you know, a problem with your ear doesn't? And, and like how we move on from that is well, it's quite it, a big question. It does go down to the root of, of, you know, I mean, it's not right, but in many people's eyes, right, it comes down to what root, what makes you a man. It's procreation, isn't it? It's, it's, it's. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we're not the first uh, uh, generation of people to spot this. Is, this, is, this goes back hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, you know, they, mm. since the dawn of time, I imagine this has been a, a, a an issue, you know, and um, we absolutely associate it um, with masculinity. We associate our fertility with, with uh, you know, virility, you know, when we're, when we're growing up as adolescents, it's all in the school in our, where I came from, in a comprehensive school in Wales, it was all about how many, who slept with, who's lost their virginity first, who's, you know, being with the most people, it's, it's all, and, that, and all of that is about the the more boxes you tick there, the higher your scores. Are. That's your masculinity, isn't it? That's how we define our masculinity is through yeah. virility, through our, um, yeah, you know. So I, I've got to choose my words very carefully on daytime. <laughs> yeah, but this time of day, you're doing brilliantly. So it's uh, yeah. it's Sunday, very yeah. very much connected yeah. to that very complicated ideas of masculinity. So that when People struggle with fertility issues, men. And this, incidentally, is quite true for women as well. There's well documented that women can feel sort of less of a woman if they if they struggle with, with fertility. Mm. For men, it's about masculinity, yeah. So Stand Up to Infertility, uh, streaming on the BBC iPlayer and on BBC Two throughout the UK this Sunday night at 10 o'clock. And I'm sure a lot of people will be tuning in. It's an interesting topic. Before we let you go, we are Talk Sport. And our producer earlier on gave us the sheet. He said, oh, Rod Gilbert's on today. It says you are described as Welsh comedian and badminton enthusiast. <laughs> and I think I think this goes back to would I lie to you when they everybody thought you were having him on when you said you've... Hadn't you played a bit with a, a top badminton player you used to train? Uh, is, is this true? Only well, yeah, I used to play in Old Actonians uh, in West London, Badminton Club, where I played doubles with my partner, Tony, who is, uh, and, and would I like to appear in there? I would think, well, I don't want to be too harsh, but well into his 80s, yeah. But uh, a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, talented, uh, a brilliant, brilliant uh, badminton player. And we had a lot of fun uh, uh, playing as a, as a, as a, as a, a badminton couple pair, pair for, uh, for years, yeah, yeah. And you, I take it you. I know you do radio as well and stuff. But uh, and thankfully we've all been able to keep going. But um, I, you'd probably like to get back to stand up sometime soon in front of an audience, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Well, I foolishly gave up my radio show on Radio Wales that I'd done for twelve years. I oh. gave it up just before the pandemic oh, to go no. back on. <laughs> <laughs> I went quite, back on. It's quite, it's quite hard back to just walk back work. in, isn't it? It is. It's I'm sorry hard. about that. Did I say I was leaving? <laughs> I said I was on holiday. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Can I have my job back, please? Yeah, no. I gave it up and went back to stand up, and I was loving that. And oh. and uh, was on tour when this happened, and so yeah, I haven't. Uh, I I had a I had a week's work of TV work last year, uh, that was it. So yeah, I haven't really worked since uh, March, and there's no sign of that in sight. But on looking at it positively, when when we do come back and when live performance of all kinds returns, I think the atmosphere is going to be oh, electric. Yeah, yeah, people are going to be just so up for it, definitely. All the best, Rod. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, guys, thanks Take a lot. Thanks for having me.
Uh, Rod Gilbert, Stand Up Win Fertility, as we said, Sunday night, 10 o'clock, BBC Two, and it's available now on the iPlayer. But, yeah, uh, interesting yeah, story. And, and yeah. I, was interested, I was interested to see how you do the gear change from infertility to badminton. I thought yeah. you did it. No, that's the sign of a real pro there, Paul. Yeah, I couldn't link them. No. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I just hard. said, we are talk sport. It normally gets me out of jail with some clunky <laughs> well, well. gear changes. So we should ask you about sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, as the excellent My Sporting Life series is available uh, on the TalkSport app, you can listen to a huge amount on the archive at your leisure. Uh, we're dipping into one every week in the company of uh, the host, Danny Kelly. Good afternoon, Dan. Hello, chaps. How are you? All good? Yeah, oh, we're you. good. Thank you. Now, uh, Bruce, Bruce Grobelar we're going to discuss today, the former Liverpool uh, keeper. And um, when you got together with him, uh, for the the my sporting life, I understand it wasn't the mm-hmm. first time you guys had met. Uh, no, and um, I had some. I, I had a sleepless night beforehand because uh, yeah, Bruce, of course, as you know, we're going to play out. Has uh, had a pretty uh, interesting life, um, but uh, he came on the television show he used to have on Channel Four, uh, the late night channel television show Under the Moon. And at the time, he was still playing, and he had come under investigation by the Football Association for taking illicit payments. You know, the details escape me now, but it was a big deal at the time. And it was all very, I uh, wonder if we could talk about this with Bruce, etc., etc. So at the end of the show, I think, Paul, you know me well enough to know, I thought the only thing that could possibly work here is to produce an envelope out of my pocket, a brown envelope, <laughs> and pass his, pass his fee for the show to him live on air. Um, and... 
I thought he took it in reasonably good heart. I hear from other people in the green room afterwards that wasn't entirely true. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but, but he didn't say it to me. So this is, of course, is years before, and we come to do um, this is my sporting life with Bruce. And uh, so I wondered <laughs> if he remembered it. Um, yes, he did remember Ooh. it. Um, <laughs> but but it, but it was all hail fellow well met and water under the proverbial uh, by that stage. Because I think one of the things you can say about Bruce Grobelar is that he's a big man and he's also uh, trained in various uh, combat arts and you wouldn't yeah. want to cross him no. except in the name of entertainment. No, that's right. I mean, you did talk about that, didn't you? I mean, you talk, I mean he had a life before uh, football and uh, he talks extraordinary. about fighting in the Rhodesian Civil War. I mean, well, I think we're going to play a clip now and we'll talk. And, and he admitted that not only had he seen many of his friends killed at that stage, he, he had killed himself. Because, you know, shot at one of you know friends of mine getting killed right next to you, and you got to carry on going, uh, getting pinned down in in uh, places where you didn't know where this uh, the the firing was coming from, until my machine gunner said, "I know where it's coming from," shot him out of the tree. So you know you go through experiences like that. Bruce, I, I could ask this question because we're two human beings, but I don't ask it lightly. Did you ever kill anybody? I have. Unfortunately, it was uh, it had to be done because it was either them or myself. Uh, how, do nothing, how do you feel about that? You know, decades I'm not, later, I'm, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it, and I never have been. But it was a part of my life, and that we had to do it. If you didn't, you're not going to come out of here alive. Uh, did it change you being a soldier? It made me grow up a lot quicker, and it made me understand uh, about life and death a lot easier. It's fascinating, isn't it, Danny? Yeah. You know, when you, it's so easy to judge when you have not been in positions and you think oh. of just the pure accident of birth of, of to, you know, what you, you may have to face in your life. No, no, it, 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 it's a tragedy, of course. Uh, you know, 30, 40 years later, we're talking about it. It's a tragedy for the people involved on both sides because, you know, as you say, but for the absolute piece of luck of being born into the kind of stable democracy we are, you, d you don't know where, where it would take you. I mean, uh, that question, and indeed the one about the uh, accusations of financial irregularities, I had a little, it's, it, it's not a trick, it's a, it's a technique. Before we do these long in-depth interviews, um, I would always ask them, is there anything you don't want to talk yeah. about? And I respected that, because often it was something to do with their private life, you know, some, it, it's some issue of their divorce or something, um, the, the various guests. But once they said no, ask me what you like, then it, uh, you've kind of, it's kind of been put back into their court. And so, um, you know, I, I was able to ask any question I wanted to ask in 99.9% .9 of the cases. Obviously, that was a pretty unique one. Have you actually yourself ever killed anyone? Mm, wow. There was a lot of football chat yeah. as well. He also talked... Oh, thank God. Yeah, yes, thank God. He, he talked <laughs> about Kenny Dalgleish. And, uh, we'll play a little clip now of uh, chatting about yeah. uh, Kenny and, and uh, his affection for him. Kenny was a, a natural choice. Uh, we all thought that he was a great leader. Um, and so he, he took over, and, and it, again, it was like effortless. It went, just all, everybody had the utmost respect for Kenny, and we listened to him, but he also had the backroom staff of uh, Ronnie Moran and Roy Evans with him. So that never left us. So the backroom staff, the, the biting at your heels was Ronnie Moran, and the soothing was... Uh, Roy Evans. Dalgleish doesn't give much away in public. What kind of a bloke is he? A fantastic person. Um, I know in, in, in public he's very, very dour, mm. and you can say he's a dour Scot, but he is not. He's, uh, once you get him warmed up and in, a, in, a, in a room without any you know, uh, 
media or uh, newspaper or press, yeah, he opens up. Yeah, that's that's been my experience as well. He's um, it's it's uh, interesting, isn't it? That uh, it must be fascinating just chatting to all of these guys down there. Once it been like reliving some of it. Do you go back now and again and have a listen again? Do you know what I haven't done really, Paul? But the response to this slot we've been doing and to the as Talksport gradually putting them up as a kind of archive, and who knows, I may do some more if I get if, if, this, if this wretched pandemic ever ends. Um, I haven't listened back to them, but I am immensely proud of them as a, as a body of work. Now, I've done a lot of work in the last 40 years, some of it absolutely rotten and ridiculous, <laughs> some of it much, much, well, much of it actually rotten and ridiculous, but that is one thing that, I, you know, thanks to my producer, John, and 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 the guests themselves, I'm really proud of it. And uh, and yes, I, so I haven't listened back, but the response I can tell you, Paul, um, to uh, to this slot I've been doing here on the H and J show um, has been extraordinary. People um, obviously have treasured these things, are going back to them, um, and um, you know I've really enjoyed the response. Um, <sighs> Dalgleish is a difficult one because he I never got to do Kenny himself, but I did dozens of footballers who'd played or, or been managed by him, and not one of them had a bad word to say about it. The problem is, of course, he uh, if he'd been um, anything other than a fellow Scot, and so well respected by Alex Ferguson, at least Alex Ferguson would have had a go at him, but nobody has a go at Kenny Dalgleish, do they? He's a great man. <laughs> I should say, he's a great man. I, I should say, Danny, you know, with, with an interview like that, I know we've got a break, but with an interview like that, when you yeah. know you've got to ask, you know that is a big question, right? The, the one about you know if you mm-hmm. ever killed a man to Bruce Grobler, that is a really hard mm-hmm. skill because it's on your mind for the whole rest of the interview, yeah. and you ask it in a, such a brilliantly human way. We don't need to slap each other on the back that much or blow smoke no, no. up your backside, Danny. But, but, but you do it in a really, and that's not an easy thing to do. Do you know what I found the best thing to do in those long, long interviews, and many of them took three hours to do, was to forget about the big question, deal with the ones that are in the moment when they're, you know, ludicrous things about, you know, the, the junior school team you play for. If you, if you treat them with the same um, gravity as you, got, as you know the big one is coming, the big one will look after itself. Yeah. You've got to ask it, so there's no point worrying about it in advance, nice. is there? Get Make sure the rest of the programme's up to the same standard. Good stuff, Danny. Cheers, Danny. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks yeah. very much. Absolutely. Cheers, man. Bye. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Thomas Tuchel made some changes. I think it surprised quite a few people. Certainly that Chelsea fan who phoned in to Adrian and said he wanted Tuchel gone based on go. his first selection of 11 players. But look, it was nil-nil. He said he took a lot of positives uh, from it. Uh, Tony Cascarino joins us now, former Chelsea striker and uh, weekend breakfast show host. To tell us what he made of it and any subtle bits and pieces he may have spotted. Hiya, Tone. Hiya, Max. Hiya, Paul. You OK? Yeah, we're good. You? We're good, thank you. Yeah, that it's... Was- yeah. Very unaroused, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to get aroused about that game, let's be honest. It was, uh, I mean, the, the lineup uh, f- first off, I mean, as I said, quite a lot of Chelsea fans were surprised. I mean, w- were you? Well, yes, because I was surprised by his comment before the game even started because he said it's, you know, probably one of the most difficult selections I've ever had to make. And I was thinking, well, have you got, have you watched a video or certain number of videos before you, you know, you coached your first game. Watch their last 10 games and you might have got an idea who their best team is. Hmm. You know, I, I found it a very strange comment. The performance hated, hated every minute of it. Of wow. the first, especially the first half. I'll tell you for why, Max and Paul. Look, I could have gone and put the kettle on, made a cup of tea when Chelsea started to move. I probably could have got to my cup of tea and started drinking it by the time they got to the 18-yard the box. Yeah. Now... 
there's one I watched a lot of Dutch football, and one of my biggest biggest criticisms of it, apart from probably Ajax when they had a very adventurous, very dynamic team, is that everybody played the same way, possession based, no purpose. Now you've got a similar scenario that's happened in France in the last ten years, where teams would play this way, dominating the ball, never want to lose possession, but never really hurt you. And I thought, you know, look, PSG had Di Maria. They had, obviously, Neymar and Mbappe that could always make a difference in a game. But I was very... I hated what I saw in the first half because, to me, possession-based football, the Premier League does pose different problems for you when you play that style. And, look, Wolves offered nothing. I mean, they had two glorious chances, but they offered nothing going the other way. I, I didn't like it. It's the first game, and, look, I could be totally wrong here, but if that's the way Chelsea are going to play... I'll tell you what, Stanford Bridge, if there was any fans in, they'd be booing. They won't want their team playing that way. I was really interested uh, chatting to Ben Foster yesterday, Cass, about how, um, you know, the players really do read a lot into the first team that a new manager picks, as if this is some kind of blueprint for exactly how he's going to play. And so I wonder... Those players who didn't make it, obviously, Reese James and, and Mason Mount amongst those, sort of how they'll be feeling. And, and if, if that is true, is it, if they will be thinking, God, this is a real issue for me, you know, Billy Gilmore not making the squad. Mm. Yeah, Max, well, there'll be loads of clubs looking at that and thinking, can we snatch any of them players in the summer if that's the way, you know, he's going to go about it? Because there was no way, that team selection didn't reflect on the performances of this season by a lot of individuals, especially Mason Mount. Um, I Pulisic, I can't see why he wasn't in the team. I, I, I do feel there's a, a lot to grow on, as in we'll see his idea of his best 11 probably within the next two or three games. But it, it was just a strange selection to me, and I hate the way they, you know, Kovacic and Jorginho dominating the ball. And the amount of times they looked like they were in a good position, they robbed the opposition walls of the ball, mm. burst forward and went backwards. Yeah. And I found that really strange because, look, there's many ways to skin a cat and win football matches. But to me, I don't see that. With Chelsea, have got so many good players that can hurt you with technical ability, speed, their physical presence. They're a very, very good, talented squad of players. And if you're going to play that way, I think teams will be quite comfortable in letting Chelsea have the ball without hurting them. Uh, I've seen a few sorry ball comparisons today, which is sort of pre- pretty damning. Would you say that or not? Uh, not- on that evidence yesterday, look, I've seen a lot of PSG. He had three extraordinary talents up front and maybe more. You could add in you know, players like Verratti, uh, PSG is a hell of a midfielder that can, can keep the ball for fun. I'm not sure that they can dominate midfields against certain teams in our Premier League because there's better ball-passing five-a-side teams than them. You know, I, 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 I found it very frustrating to watch. I thought, really? This is, you know, I heard the, you know it's a mix between Klopp and Pep. Hmm. I was thinking, well, what mix is that? Because <laughs> what I saw in the first half, OK, they were better in the second, but not a great deal, considering what? Wolves really made no attempt to try and win the game. What, what were you expecting, Tony? How did you expect him to approach the game, having watched these other teams? Well, I would have <clears throat> well, I would have suspected there would have been more breaking from midfield. Mm. There were players in getting numbers. The amount of times I looked and saw one body in the 18-yard box or best two, that is not a way to win a lot of football matches. Chelsea are expected to get... Players forward. Habits was okay last night, but if you've got Pulisic, you've got Adore, you've got Mason Mount breaking from midfield. 
I, I just didn't get what Giroud was in the team for because the amount of times they tried to slip it down yeah. the sides for Giroud, he's not slipped down the side. You've got to get out wide, get into areas, mm. use his presence and get bodies to join him. I just didn't see that at all from Chelsea yesterday. And I, I don't know what games he did watch. He must have watched some before he took the, the job of you know, Chelsea's performances. But the team was, the t- was probably the one you could never have guessed. And, and what about you know this idea that I was surprised Aspilicueta was picked over over Reese James. Yes, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, and Aspilicueta is not the best at keeping the ball, Max. <clears throat> you know, the amount of times late on the game he kept threading the ball or trying to thread the ball through defenders, and and you know Wolves picked the ball up and then started running at Chelsea. I thought that Reese James would play. I thought he would suit too well. Um, he would play with a three at the back in a, in a slightly different way. But you've got, whatever you do in football, whatever style you play, you have to be able to turn the opposition, play with purpose and cause them problems. And Chelsea have so much talent. Not to do that is something bizarre. Look, it's one game in. I'm sure there will be different changes and different you know, uh, performances within weeks to come. But I would be bothered if I was a Chelsea fan because if you're obsessed with you know, possession and that's your main uh, weapon as a team, I, I don't think that will serve Chelsea well. Tell old Cascarino this text said the word for styles of play for a mix of Klopp and Pep is plop. Yeah, and Chelsea yesterday. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing plop apparently. Plop um, ball. Yeah, plop ball. You don't want to be playing plop ball. That wouldn't be good, would it? Um, uh, before we let you go, uh, Max has got an online poker evening with his oh, mates yeah. tonight. So uh, any tips for him, Tony? I mean, I don't think want to let you join in because they'll all be having to remortgage their houses. But uh, any high tips? State, high Stakes ten pounds in Cass. What should I do? Um, well, how many are you playing, Max? How many uh, of you? About, about six, five or six of us. Play really steady. Let them make the mistakes, and you just crush them when you get it. That's how I play my football. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I do my pro- broadcasting. <laughs> Jeez, Thanks a lot, Tony. Cheers, All the best. Take Bye. care. Tony Cascarino, they're back Saturday morning. Uh, oh, he was scathing there, wasn't he? I wasn't expecting yeah, that. Yeah, no, he was He was not impressed, was he? I mean, Andy, we're, we're going to focus on the birthday spread and do most of his shooting from the hip tomorrow, yes. but we'll get, a, we'll get a gut reaction to last night's... I, I'm looking forward to Andy's... <clears throat> how, how, the positivity, how Andy felt about the recoveries. I think Andy would be yeah. very pro. Yeah, no, he would have been very pleased with 16 recoveries. He, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't mention them last night uh, as we were exchanging texts during the games. He was, yeah... I mean, Many of which I can't read out. Do you, to recover, do you have to have lost the ball in the first place? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. So the more so, recoveries, yeah. the more you've lost. Well, the, the ball. other team have got it off of yeah. you, and you get it back off of them. Yeah. I, I guess. So, so is yeah. that good? Well, I mean, I, that's trying true. to keep the ball and then doesn't bear a great you know, deal of screw. No recoveries. It? it means you haven't lost the ball once. Yeah. Well, that that's. I don't want to get. I don't want to hammer plop at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> not good is it pop it's not a good way I'm to start sorry i've really brought the tone down of this show paul i'm sorry about that the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport uh, max was telling us earlier on well i, I was telling you uh, on his behalf that he cut his own hair the other yes. day and, you know good solid seven out of ten Thank attempts really in, in in lockdown i think people are quite forgiving at the moment aren't they i mean mm. i should have got mine cut last week so no, by think, the end I of this carry it well it's going to be a bit long at the back it's going to be a, a little bit, a little rat tail it's not it's not going to look good it's going to be it goes full ken barlow as oh, it gets marvelous. longer uh, yes and uh, this comes from uh, John from Burton the Wolves fan he said I once cut my hair with clippers and asked my wife to straighten the back when I looked in the mirror it was a, it was at an angle so I said well can you just try and get it a bit straighter the more she tried the higher my hairline went <laughs> the more I got angry and the more she cried with laughter I walked around for two weeks with a fake bad neck so no one would notice and I've still not forgiven her 
he says. So, so what, do you think he put one of those things? You know what? You know those those uh, the thing you have. have when I'm wearing one. Neck, yeah, I've got one of these sort of things. It looks like, like a permanent thing. Formula One driver around. things. Yeah. yeah so you have to idea. wear this as a face mask. Uh, yeah. Car. Uh, this is Castle, I think, in Birmingham. I think his name's Castle. He says our manager on a <coughs> Sunday morning always used to shout "Quality ball, quality ball!" Every time someone was just about to pass from midfield or put a cross in, I finally lost the plot after the hundredth time he said it. Walking towards him, <coughs> shouting a tirade <coughs> of abuse and swear words, including the sentence, "What do you think we're trying to do?" I never played from the for them again. He said he never used it in any other game afterwards. These phrases are often known to the coach, but nobody else. A couple of examples of that: we had a manager at Cuxton called Paul, says one of the listeners. The only phrase he used was wingbacks tuck in trouble is we didn't play with wingbacks <laughs> and uh, on a similar uh, note uh, we had an assistant manager at Maltby Juniors who used to shout get up them and uh, his favourite was spread out in bunches says uh, Jack I mean you kind of don't quite know what they're talking about but just go along with it Charlie says um, <clears throat> we watch out in the second half they'll be throwing the salt and pepper at us and I want to see sexy football boys we were under 11 says Charlie <laughs> Something inappropriate, doesn't <laughs> we? Um, uh, anyway, do you do you want to know about uh, uh, be- a four thousand year old beetle? Um, yeah, go on then. <laughs> you don't have to. It's no, okay. Well, what is it? Can you bring it back to sport in uh, any yeah, way? I think so. A four thousand year old beetle species, hailing from Egypt, may have lived in Britain. Uh, scientists at London's Natural History Museum have re-examined two specimens which were donated to the museum in the 1970s. The three-inch-long oak Capricorn beetles were discovered by a farmer inside a piece of ancient oak in a peat bog in East Anglia. Max Barclay, the senior curator, says these beetles are older than the Roman Empire. They were alive and chewing the inside of that piece of wood when the pharaohs were building the pyramids in Egypt. The big debate... Paul is who will the 4,000 year old beetle because now qualifies to play for both Egypt and ah, England yeah so does Gareth because there's the, the you know the, got a difficult choice who's the lad is it Musiala who's out in Germany yeah 17 year old and it might get picked by they're going to um, try and pick him first aren't they, aren't they? maybe Gareth so, yeah Gareth should steal a march on the Egyptians by picking maybe he's calmer than Jordan Pickford yeah <laughs> you know, do a job he has six legs possible. that dung beetle there you are yeah uh, there was, you know, I'm often reading sort of non-sporting stuff, hoping I can bring it back to sport. Yeah, well, yes, much like that, that story. Much like that That's story. A perfect example. And there. one of them the other day was in a, in a little kind of Sunday magazine that had a, a, an interview with uh, Estelle, mm-hmm. um, the singer, American boy, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the question was, who would you invite to a dinner party? And I read it, and I was just so hoping she'd say the former Southend and Spurs fullback Dean Austin. I think almost like turn into a game of Culverhouse as <laughs> she listed off five or six very obscure footballers of the 80s or 90s but sadly she didn't she went with uh, Ella Fitzgerald Mary J Blige a woman I always feel for because how often has she been called Mary Bilge in the press by a sort of uh, errant typographer it must it can't be easy being Mrs Bilge can it you every time wherever she goes to the doctors <laughs> Mrs B- Blige it must get on your nerves it's not Bilge look at it again. oh sorry it just it, that, it's not a, I didn't, it didn't register well it was Florian Lejeune's dinner party that was the best one wasn't it from the uh, was it Florian Lejeune from the uh, the Newcastle United programme was said who was right. no maybe Florian Lejeune was it was who's the Crystal Palace <clears throat> guy was the dinner party Damien Delaney oh yeah uh, who wanted to invite uh, Florian Lejeune was how to dispose of a body I'll get on to that what the, the Crystal <laughs> Palace programme asked him how he would dispose of a body no, the Newcastle United the Newcastle okay. United programme Mm. Ask them how to dispose of a body as uh, part of one of these sort of player yeah. get to know Florian Lejeune. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I'll, I'll get onto that. Damien Delaney's dinner party, and I'm sure we've discussed this before. Was Keith Richards, Joseph Stalin, Genghis Khan, 
Chairman Mao and Napoleon Bonaparte. Wow. It's quite the, uh, that's quite the dinner. I mean, Keith's, Keith's going to feel <laughs> a bit of a gooseberry there, isn't he? <laughs> a bit, a bit. Plans of world Danny, domination. Danny Kelly could do those, uh, could do that. Imagine that. that. My, yeah, in my the, sporting life with The, the, the Spurs programme had a, a kind of questionnaire. They used to ask players every week, uh, do you believe in ghosts and, you ever see, and have you ever seen one? And it was a bit odd, you know, quite random. Someone, ran, Ramon Vega, would say something like, I haven't seen one, but I do believe there is a... You know what I mean? They'd kind of get, they'd get involved. Some of them would get involved. Most of them would just say no, next question. But uh, I think the old player questionnaire uh, in a programme, I think it's, it's all very well being in a magazine because it's those stock questions, mm. as we found with Croy Forbini. Absolutely. But uh, in a programme, it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, Florian Lejeune said... Um, in the programme published for Saturday's match against Chelsea, this is a, a season or two ago, I would put it in the boot of my car, drive out to sea, put it on a boat and throw it into the sea with weights on it. <laughs> Clearly been watching The Sopranos. He's been watching a series called You and it's all about that. But uh, yeah, wow. so it's very specific. I think Jonathan Wilson into, went into great detail about how this is not, it's really not a good way of doing it. Because no. there's there's a paper trail, you've got to get yeah. a ticket for the boat. Yeah. Then you've taken the car onto the boat, but the car's not on the boat anymore. So Florian mm. Lejeune is going to get caught. He's going to get caught. Vera is going to catch Florian Lejeune. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. It's uh, Paul, thank you for that, Max. No, no, total uh, pleasure. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on Talk Sport, and uh, we're going to start looking ahead to uh, the game tonight between. Are you uh, nervous? Spurs. How are you feeling about it? I don't know. I mean, Liverpool got players coming back. Jose said some very odd things yesterday. There, there's some talk of Regulon not being fit, and Davis isn't fit. Apparently, we'll talk to Dean about that. And then he said, "Oh, we've got more bad news coming tomorrow." Oh, excellent. Yeah, thanks. Just what you want to hear. Play Gareth Bale at left back. Do well, a job yeah. there. Can well, we? let's ask. We'll ask Dean about that because okay. I, mean, I think we may have to. I think he, wing back. I'm not sure he can play left back anymore. I've not seen They'd that. Just in go his back to the old days, couldn't he? Yeah, that's where he started. Yeah, do that's it for true. the team. Imagine keeps Mane quiet. Be a great night, wouldn't it? Yeah. How many recoveries would Gareth Bale do? Well, so seventeen recoveries, yeah, exactly. quite possibly. He'll be exactly the right amount of arousal. Yeah. To, to recover enough times to keep Mane shut out. There are certain players you'd look out for for recoveries more than others. I mean, I'd be, I'd be looking at less for recoveries with Harry Winks and uh, Tongi and Dombelli as I would possibly. Uh, Big Dave Sanchez, who, who's he's often in recovery mode, <laughs> having lost it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Here we go then. Uh, me versus Max. The birthday spread: ten birthdays. We've got to guess the ages of the people. The margin of error builds. Jeff Peters is the scorer. Andy Jacobs is the gagmeister, and the man supplying the birthdays. <laughs> Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Max and Jeff. And uh, I've only just got over the excitement of watching Chelsea last night. It was a real thriller, wasn't it? <laughs> so many oh, recoveries, Andy. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. There's some weird noises going on. Well, I can't hear you at all, Paul. Have you, your microphone has been cancelled. Hello. I seem, I seem to have gone oh, no, on back. back again. Oh, you're back. You're back now. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. No, you're not back. Do you want to come and join this one or go and sit around there? Is Jeff <laughs> Peters there? Hi, Jeff. This is all my plan to take over this show. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hello from the uh, the nerve centre. And while Paul sorts his microphone, let me yeah. point out that Paul has won three in a row, but mm. Max is doing quite well at winning the individual rounds. Just just needs to work on the distance from the correct age. Right. So progress is being I'm, made. I'm a match play birthday spreader, to be yeah. honest. I like for the Ryder Cup of the birthday spread. I come out and it's much better. The, are you, are you, are you working Apolter. yet, Paul? Are you working? Uh, it seems to be flitting. It's gone a bit Norman Cup. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
No, you're off again. Why don't you go and sit round there? You should do that. You should do the show from home, Paul. It's much more reliable. <laughs> be a guest now, uh, Jeff. <laughs> Billy's been in touch, Jeff, to say nothing against Jeff, but why not employ the general election vote counters from the Sunderland from Sunderland South to keep score during the birthday screen? Speed and accuracy guaranteed. What do you have to say to that, Jeff? No offence taken. Okay, now Paul. <laughs> Paul is sitting in the newsreader chair. This is quite exciting. Making more official. <laughs> No, no, you're not working in that one either. What's oh, happened to Paul Horsby? Why is every microphone? Every, I've done this. It's my attempt. Go on. Go, go one round, Paul, and see if that works. Go on, go, go one round. This is very exciting. No, this one's not working either, Paul. It's not working either. Okay, I'll keep moving around the room. He's, he's now onto the... You're going to have to be like John, yeah. and, John and Paul and the Beatles. Is this one working? Yeah, oh, look, we we've found a working Welcome microphone. Welcome back, Paul Hawksby. That's exciting. I think, I think we should put a call into engineering, <laughs> would be my guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wouldn't bother. Gossie and Adrian aren't going to like that much. We are still socially distant, <laughs> we better, like to point we out. we better crack on. Look at the time. We've got ten birthdays, ten <laughs> guilt. chaos already and we haven't started. Take this it away, Andy. <laughs> right, OK, here we go. And uh, the first birthday today, it's a very, very happy birthday to the fine singer-songwriter Alicia Keys. And uh, Alicia, recently, she just painted her whole house in a lovely graphite colour. I don't know what it is about keys and grey. Oh, hey, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Good. Great banter there, Andy. Um, <laughs> is it you going first? Who's going first? You. Oh, I'll go first. You, you go on. first. Alicia on. Keys. Is she older or younger than me? I'm going to say 38. Mm -hmm. I'd say, yeah, she's probably around that. 4-0, blind 40, as they say in bingo circles. She is 40. I wish you wow, okay. Blimey, well that was done. here we go already. Bit of luck, yeah, okay. So, uh, well, I think we can work out the score there, Jeff, can't we? Uh, direct hit for Paul, so he's on zero, Max is on two. Okay. okay. Yes, okay. Very happy birthday to Professor Sir Michael Marmot, the director of the Institute of Health Equity at the University College London and president of the World Medical Association from 2015 to 16. Get all that on a business card. <laughs> Sir Michael Marmot. And of course, he polarizes opinion that people either love or hate Marmot. <laughs> that's your best one in the last yeah. month, Andy. I enjoyed that one. Um, I, I was so caught up in all the things he did. Be honest. I didn't really take in his years. Did you say 2016? 15 at one? to 16. 15 he was, to 16. He was yeah, in post. The boy Professor Ma Michael Marmot. The boy Marmot. Um, I'd say 67 I'm going to go for. Okay. Uh, what do you Michael think, Marmot. Max? I think uh, 63. He is, in fact, 76. Oh. oh, blimey, the boy Marmot worked on, didn't he? Past he, retirement. Yeah. He's, yeah, actually, he's, actually, he's actually 75. He's 76 next month, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh, dear. Look at this. Oh, it's a Stuart. Yeah. Well, it's a Stuart. Get out of it. I think you're going to have to <laughs> stick with the Jacob's ages. Well, Just... I, I, get, I get them out the times, so I, I oh, think they're okay. quite reliable. Don't you know? They've been going a bit longer than Jeff Peters, I'd say. <laughs> oh, there we go. Aye, aye. Getting personal okay. now. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's the score? I, I go with Jacob's, but I will be writing to my ombudsman yeah. later about this. Okay, Paul is eight out. Max is 12 out, so it's Paul eight, Max 14. That means I'm winning. You're okay. winning, yes. yeah. Okay, uh, happy birthday to the geneticist and director of the Francis Crick Institute uh, from 2010 to 2015, Sir Paul Nurse. And uh, he was batting at the non-striker's end when I had a problem with the background behind the bowler's arm. I'd say to him, quick, nurse, the screens. <laughs> I want to move them. Oh, I see, okay, of course. Okay, very yes. good. As, um, Sir Paul Nurse is 80. Okay. Oh, I mean, Paul Nurse is 80. I'd say uh, Paul Nurse is... <laughs> the bells. I don't know. 
<laughs> was that a terrible <laughs> guess? <laughs> it might have been for the gag, a delayed reaction to the gag. <laughs> 79. You're so uh, that's a dirty way of no, playing. No, just ball. I'm just that's, early doors. Early in, I'm just I'm, I'm Thomas Tuckle. I'm just twelve ahead. I'm playing in front of you at the moment, but I, <laughs> I need some in, recovery. I'll, I'll warm up in the second half of the game. He, as Max said, I've got on for a lot. He went eighty. Eighty and 70. oh, 72. 72. 72. Seventy-two. Oh, okay. okay. Right, fair enough. So uh, Jeff. So Paul is seven out. That takes him to fifteen. Max yeah. is eight out. That takes him to twenty-two. Paul is in the lead by seven. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to understand when Jeff's in charge. Yeah. Um, right. What's next, Andy? It's Baroness Julia Cumberledge. <laughs> Baroness Julia Cumberledge, the Conservative politician and health minister, 92 to 97. Uh, she always finishes every day with a lovely glass of that liqueur made by monks. Yes, Benedictine Cumberledge. <laughs> God, blimey. Wow. Boy, wow. Andy, Andy liked that one. Well, three days <laughs> off. Did, three yeah. days off for that. Congratulations. <laughs> it took me three days, that one. Um, <laughs> she's got to be back 92. I'm going. I'm going really scorched earth. Ninety-two, okay, the Cumberledge. Okay. Yeah, I thought you must be up there. Cumber Eight, legend in the building. I need to get some points, don't I? Eighty, <laughs> eighty-seven. She's a seventy-eight. Oh, seventy-eight. Sorry, Mrs. Cumberledge. She got, got the job early there, didn't she? she did, Cumberledge. Yeah. She did, yeah. Jeff. Down the scores, um, Jeff. Um, it is Mansfield nil, Northampton. What? No, <laughs> Northampton. Uh, Paul is fourteen out. Max is nine out. Paul's on twenty-nine. Max thirty-one. Oh, okay. Very good game. Jeff's getting good at this. It's uh, happy <laughs> birthday to Ian. Well, I know Ian Philby from the Jules Group Lifestyle Brand. Mm. Ian Philby. Who? Ian Philby. I don't know. <laughs> no, I didn't hear, hear it. it. Well, I, did, I didn't know much about it, so I asked Trevor Francis about him, and he wasn't sure. He said he doesn't Philby with much confidence. <laughs> What was his title, please, Ian? Philbies? He's from the Jules. Was he the Jules Group? The Jules, Jules Group or Jules Group? The Jules yeah. Remay Group. Okay. Can't Lifestyle. Am I first or are you first? I think it's I'm you. First. I can't believe I'm only two hours. I thought you were miles ahead. No, anyway. no, you've clawed it back. Um, Ian Philby from the Jules Remay Group is. <laughs> Jules. He's sixty-two. Yeah, he'd probably be around that. The, the boy Ian. Um, clickety click 66 uh, Andy. oh we've got an exciting competition he's 62 oh I think that puts that puts um, Max in front doesn't it yeah it's Paul 33 Max 31 so Max in the lead and is that the halfway stage it is the halfway stage let's crack on then it's the moose gets <laughs> okay, upset yeah. if we in there is time oh don't Good. bother <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it really told, I'm, I'm not worried about it Andy. <laughs> no, don't no, worry go on then I know Professor William Wisdom the uh, chair in Molecular Neuroscience, Imperial College London. And, uh, yeah, he's still doing that job, Professor William Wisdom. Yeah. And every year he brings out a little yellow book detailing all his <laughs> activities and the five best molecular neuroscientists <laughs> of the year. Yeah, of course he does. What does he call it? <clears throat> Williams. Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, I think Adrian and Goffey are doing their top five uh, <laughs> molecular scientists at five o'clock on Very young this I go 60, <laughs> 65. Um, what do you think, Max? I'm, I think 64. Oh, you're being a bit <laughs> naughty now. Tactical, that's yeah. tactical. He's what? 57. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. okay. You've opened, opened up a bit of a lead. So what has that done to it, Jeff? Uh, it is. Paul is eight out. Max mm. is seven out. Yeah. So it's 41 to Paul yeah. and 38 to Max. Okay, come on. Just need, I just don't okay. need a Bethel Wilmot now. No. Uh, Christopher Hampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, playwright. <laughs> Screen. That's right. Yeah, Screenwriter yeah. and atonement. 
Not and atonement. He wrote atonement. He wrote atonement. <laughs> wrote atonement. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I always uh, I play with him a lot of charity cricket. Actually, I always used to get him out to uh, snick to the keeper. Yes, I often got Hampton Court. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay, so he wrote so, atonement. Now yeah. I remember interviewing uh, uh, Kira Knightley and. The fellow that was in it, can't remember who that was. Yeah. Um, oh, Tony Drake. Never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's that really. He's an incredibly famous <laughs> Scottish actor. Oh, okay. Completely, my mind is completely gone. Um, I played football with him recently. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Christopher. You're McGregor. John Hannah. You, uh, no, 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 not, not you, McGregor. McGregor. The other one. Oh, okay. The other one. Okay. Go um, on. Don't, don't worry about that. Christopher Hampton is James McAvoy. Fifty-eight. James, James McAvoy. Good much. work, Jeff. Fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, he's 58. I think uh, I think uh, Chris Hampton's older than that because oh, he also no. did uh, oh, Liaison Dangerous and loads of other stuff. Oh, no. Um, 74. Oh, it could be a game clincher. He's 75. Oh, 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 oh the old Christopher oh, Hampton move. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been Hampton Court. This is devastating. You have been Hampton Court. Okay. So what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Uh, Paul is one out. Max is 17 out. Uh, it's Paul 42, Max 55. Oh, 13 in it now. Do you want to play snookers? Come on, Shall this is Andy. Dirty? It's where I need a Cambridge United okay. fullback from, <clears throat> from 1990s. <laughs> Who we got well, in? Instead of that, we've got the Conservative MP for Winchester, the Health and Primary Care Minister from 2017 to 19, Steve Brine. Steve, Steve Brine. I saw him at a party last year. Brine was completely pickled. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey. Um, Steve. <laughs> Jeff liked that one. Um, I'd say Steve Brine. I'm going first, am I? Yeah, I'm going first. Steve Brine is... Yes. Um, 62. What do you think? Well, I think, I mean... Going to go bold? I've got to go bold. Like, but I, I'm allowed to go two... How many are we on? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 50, 54. 54, okay. 47. Oh! So oh okay. It's nip and tuck, this isn't it? This? That was good from yeah. me. That well done, Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Max. Having a little chat to himself. <laughs> Pathetic. What's the scores, Max? <laughs> Uh, well, Paul oh, is, not, not Max, sorry, Paul is 15 out, Max yeah. is 7 out, yeah. 57 to Paul, yeah. 62 to Max. Two to go. Two to go, here we go. Two, two to go, going, okay. Quick. Birthday number nine, Jules Pfeiffer, the cartoonist, Pulitzer Prize winner from 1986, writer of Carnal Knowledge in 1971, oh, wow. Jules Pfeiffer. Yeah. And I gave him a lift to Lords, actually. I got my name up on the honours board for taking Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> 88. 88. <clears throat> um, 91 I'm going to go for Andy oh, sensational work Paul he's 92 oh, Ooh, well done. so That's what has that done to the scores there's still one to go it is Paul 58 yeah. Max 66 oh, so right. there's 8 in it oh 8 with, in it now yeah, oh, okay. 8 in it with okay. 1 to go and I go first yeah, you go this first, time yeah. ok here we go Andy final one Okay, the final birthday of the day uh, is the fine music and artistic director and conductor Gustavo Dudamel. Gustavo Dudamel from the Los Angeles Philharmonic. And uh, he came to me with a completely unrealistic demand for a 200-piece orchestra. I said, it's far too costly. I'd say to him, Gustavo Dudamel. <laughs> oh, wow. Blimey. Well, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have ended with that one. No. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't open with it. I wouldn't end with it. There's no, there's no, <laughs> one, no one's demanding don't an encore. Don't, <laughs> don't you know I saved the worst to last? Yeah. It's always a sending order, bury him in the, med- in the middle, you know, <laughs> yeah. six bury and seven. Um, Dudamel. <clears throat> There we are. There it is. Uh, the boy Dudamel. Uh, you know, this you could get lucky. I haven't got a clue. Okay. He could be, if he's still doing the job, 
Um, 63. Um, what do you think? Okay, mm. I'm going to say, then I'm going to say 72. What is Andy? <laughs> you don't know this guy, do you? He's a really famous conductor with no. like black hair and curly hair. He's 40. Oh, oh, I could have gone either way. You could have won it. You could have won it. You could have won it. So, uh, what's the final score, Jeff? God, this makes it difficult when you're so far out. Um, oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you make it slightly... You can't have Mike Dean trolling the player <laughs> during the game. Uh, it's Paul is 23 <laughs> out, Max that. is 32 out. So Paul finishes on 81 oh. and uh, Max finishes on 98. It's four wins in a row for oh, Paul well Hawks. Well, well, he is the master. The he class the master. told just at the end. He's just a much more experienced player. Andy, we'll get your more considered take on that thriller last night tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow when oh, you yeah. join us. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with you at one. Cheers, Annie. Cheers, All guys. Right. Well Brilliant. done, Jeff. Bye, Top work. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks Cheers, guys. Much. Take care. There we are. Jeff Peters, official score. Andy Jacobs back tomorrow for well played, one. Paul, well played. Thank you very much, Max. Very magnanimous of you. It quite the game. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. Well, Max, so let's hope they're all as tight as that. Uh, listen, I'm, I, it, it sounds... I don't re- think the scoreline reflected the, comp, the game, did it? it? It sounds to be... Martin's just said Max needs to be relegated from the birthday spread. <laughs> I, listen, and it all went on that last conductor and I should have known that it did you know? that's right well um, Cambridgeshire County Youth Orchestra second clarinet and I didn't know that and you didn't know so that was oh, pretty remiss of you uh, thank you Max you're back with me on Tuesday yes you? if selected brilliant uh, Andy Jacobs is uh, here tomorrow and indeed Monday but uh, if you can listen great if not the podcast available as always at around five you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 